When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Purcell. You can follow the show at our website at libertyneversleeps.com where you can find links to us on all the social media sites including Gab and Parlor. The show is available to subscribe to also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite streaming device. If you'd like to see ad-free content and video of the show, you can click on the links on our website. Good morning. So I'm going through the news looking at Ukraine, looking at all the chaos in our cities brought on by de-emphasizing the importance of law and order and de-emphasizing the importance of a police force, all went on long before Joe Biden took office. It was going on during the Obama years. And I came across a story about Golden Corral. A funny story about Golden Corral. Before I do this story, funny thing long time ago when I was first seeing my better half in the beginning year one 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 of these days I got to write a book my memoirs about that this whole relationship and she said to me well you know she was from the Midwest and she says you know we we have uh, we should go to a buffet. And I go, I, I don't like food buffet. I, I'm not really interested in eating one of these places, you know, that serves Chinese food next to Italian food. Unless it's Vegas, right? Where it has prime rib and stuff. She says, no, 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 no. She says, I, I know a really good place. I know this really good place called Golden Corral. She says, it's got a buffet. Buffet, Golden Corral. When I, she goes, when I was a kid, Golden Corral. Everybody goes to Golden Corral. And, you know, it's like 20 bucks, but you can get all that good stuff. And it's, it's you know, great feast. And, and you can, you'll really like it. And I would say no. And then she said, well, you know, your birthday's coming up. I'm going to take you out to birth. I had a Golden Corral. There's a Golden Corral over on the west side of town. You'll love it. And I said, okay. So we go to Golden Corral. Everything in it is disgusting. Every kind of meat dish, but everything is made with ground beef. You have your choice of hamburgers, sirloin casserole, or uh, ground beef soup. And, and, and all the pans were filthy. Everything was gross. Everything was greasy. It had to be the most disgusting meal I've ever had in my life. And she was horrified. She, she, just, she agreed. It's not like, she goes, this wasn't anything like the Golden Corral where I grew up. When, when I, I said, you grew up in the Midwest in the 70s. If it was, if it was something different then, that, it, it isn't that now. This is like 2000, when I was first dating, it was 2005, 2006. I said, this is the 22nd century or 21st century. You ain't going to get anything good for fourteen ninety five. all you could eat. It just, it, it wasn't. So this story comes up. About Golden Corral. And I said, oh, I got to see this. Because my experience with Golden Corral was never good. Now, I'm not, it may have been just this local one. I know lots of people seem to go to it. Lots of people seem to love it. They're certainly in business because I saw this story where a fight broke out at a Golden Corral. And I go, what are you fighting about? (laughs) That stuff ain't worth fighting over. That food ain't worth fighting over. Well, apparently it was a huge melee, about like 40 people, and I watched the video, all fighting each other, all throwing chairs, beating each other up. And then in the middle of the whole video, you hear some guy say to another guy, while they're watching the melee, all I wanted was some steak. 
Apparently, there was some dispute about steak at Golden Corral. Now, my experience of steak at Golden Corral was nothing more than ground, ground beef, but that was my experience. That being said, apparently the steak was running out. Now, I happen to know Golden Corral charges extra if you want the prime rib, like all you can eat. They charge like $14.95 and then with steak or with prime rib, it's another like three bucks. So apparently they were online and they were running out of steak. And you know, you pay before you go in. It's not like you pay when you get out. You pay before you get in there, which is always a red flag. So people probably paid for steak and there wasn't going to be any. And there was some sort of scuffle over the last bit of steak. And it all erupted in me. Like, now, I said, I said, you know, if you think people are fighting like this over steak at Golden Corral, right? Can you, can you imagine what it's going to be like when the steak really does run out for America, when the gas runs out, when the money from government runs out? If you think they're doing this over a piece of steak, gold corral, can you imagine what it's going to be like for food to feed your kids and whatnot? What's going to go on in these urban centers? This is why I have told you, get out of the urban centers. And so everybody's throwing chairs, you have fighting and guy says, oh, it was about the steak. And an employee was interviewed. By the local news station who said there was an argument over the steak. I just said, I got news for you. It's never about the steak. It isn't. When a society gets pressured like this with inflationary pressures where there's cultural and social upheaval as well as economic upheaval because that's what we're experiencing. I know Biden says it's the greatest economy, right? But what we're experiencing is economic upheaval. That, and that means some people who normally do well don't do well and other people who are doing well uh, or who aren't doing well suddenly rise to the top of the heap. It, this economic upheaval that we're experiencing is not necessarily good. It's never about the stake. It's about the pressures. It's about the tensions, the friction. And all the little things that normally we would just go, oh, shucks, can I get my money back? You know, kind of thing would be a, a, a life-threatening event because there was plenty of food there. I know because everybody was throwing at each other. Bowls of food. It was, it was horrible. It was a mess. It was like one. these videos are, are becoming more and more commonplace of large brawls over simple matters. But I, I got to tell you, it's never about the stake. It's always about the tensions of urban strife. And it's usually brought on by Democrats. I was watching a woman whose daughter sadly was killed by an illegal immigrant. She says, I voted for Biden, but I'll never vote for him again. Biden isn't the problem. Ideology is. The idea that somehow you can make things that aren't right in the world right by government edict, that somehow you can make a poor person wealthy by simply giving them a handout. The idea that somehow an illegal immigrant into a country is no different than uh, someone who's been here all his life. It is. That's the problem. It's the Democrats. It's what they stand for. Socialistic endeavors, communistic endeavors, some people say, and in some cases are right. That's the problem. It's the idea that somehow you can fix something with a social worker. You can't. You can help relieve suffering in some people, but it's a futile effort. Because the reason why people are in the situation that they're in is because of their decision-making process is poor. It was never developed properly. Now, we can do things to help that. There are programs and there are things government can do to fix that. But you're not going to fix it simply by handing people who have poor decision-making ability, a bundle of money. That's never going to work because all they're going to do is make bad decisions about whatever money you give them. What you need to do is improve their decision-making process and going to school isn't going to help it. We're talking about basic decisions about whether to have children at an early age, whether to have take the right job, whether to make the decisions about education, their jobs, their life, Simple decisions that we make every day that most of us take for granted. These people make poor decisions. They get involved in drugs and alcohol. They make decisions about whether to be a criminal or not. These are things that people remain chronically poor over. It's a decision-making process. It's like I saw some people in New Zealand who left the country, reporters, 
professionals fly to another country, do business. We're doing interviews in China for the Olympics, that sort of thing. And now can't get back into the country because they don't have a COVID vaccine card or they can't get positive or that kind of situation. They're stranded now in another nation because of why? Well, that's a decision-making process. And you say, well, they had to go because of their job. Wait a second. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being party to a nation that locks people up in concentration camps when they're sick, being party to a nation which insists on COVID passports when it's of no use anyway, when COVID-19 is everywhere. Mandates is what I'm talking about. If you Look, if you don't like this tyranny, if you don't like the way the urban centers are being run, if you don't like COVID camps, if you don't like vaccine passports, don't give up your guns. Because what's going to happen is, is when you give up your guns like New Zealand did, that gives the free reign to everyone. And I'm not saying you need to shoot it out. No, no. The greatest force that an armed population has is deterrence. Government is afraid you might do something like that. Sometimes some people do. Some people take violence into their own hands, think that that's the answer. But the deterrent factor which the Democrats never talk about, which liberals never talk about, is what keeps you free. I tried to emphasize this in yesterday's show, but I want to talk about it again today. Why did 40 people fight over the stake? It wasn't about the stake. It was about urban tensions and whatnot and everything going all to hell. But if everyone in that crowd, or at least a modest amount of them, were armed and proficient with use and people knew it, that would not have happened. If people had a better understanding of laws, if people did not have the pressures that are on them, it would not have happened. So that, that was the point. That was all the stuff that was going through my mind when I read this story. I said, you know, these kinds of things don't happen in states where people are armed. Someone may get shot, but in the, in the long run, your society is better off for it. That's why we don't warehouse people in mental institutions anymore. Oh, yeah, it cleans the streets up, but you get people locked up for political reasons. Oh, yeah, we, we gave up our guns in New Zealand. Nobody has a gun now. But now your government locks you up in a concentration camp and won't allow you back into your own country because there's a chance you might be positive with a disease. That's what happens. The deterrence. So I want to talk a little bit about it first. Now that the story about this lab leak, about the Wuhan leak is coming out, and I got to talk about it because I've avoided talking about it because you never know what it'll, what it'll set people off. But I, 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 that's why I put a warning on the show. Sometimes I'm going to talk about stuff that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Let's talk about it next. We'll be right back. So, so what's the lab leak theory that everyone's talking about? Well, the Chinese have a bio facility in Wuhan, China. I say it's bioweapons because it's a communist republic. Other people say it's a bioresearch facility. It researches diseases, other biological things. I say there are labs that are designed to what? Develop and weaponize these things. And that's what goes on in the communist republic. doesn't go on here. A bioresearch facility here does a lot of good work, cures a lot of diseases, finds new cures, new medications. And you can debate that all you want on whether the CDC and whether the United States government or Big Pharma is good for that. That's another issue. The theory is that COVID-19 was being experimented on or coronaviruses were being exper experimented on in the Wuhan lab and through an accident or some other inadvertent circumstance, it got out of a, what they call level four bio-research uh, bio facility. It's a very secure facility. Have you, ever, have you ever seen the movie Andromeda Strain? You know what I'm talking about. You know, it's a great movie. If you ever want to watch an old 60s movie, That'll scare the bejesus about over, uh, out of you of, over biological uh, materials leaking. Watch the Andromeda Strain. I'm talking about the original. I think it was 1968. It's a remarkable movie for a lot of reasons. But that being said, 
the story is now coming out because some people inside China, dissidents, have been getting out, been talking about what's been going on. There's the controversy over whether Dr. Fauci and the CDC were funding what they call gain of research, a gain of, oh, what is gain? You know what I'm talking about, where a research facility takes a strain of virus and fast grows it over and over and over again so they can determine uh, the way it mutates and the way it changes, and then that way they can hopefully develop a vaccine. And that may be what Wuhan was doing at the time. When this whole thing first came out about Wuhan, China, people were calling it the Chinese flu, the, the Hong Kong flu, or whatever they were calling it. They were saying, well, it must have gotten out of the Wuhan facility because that's where the virus first appeared in Wuhan, China. And it was right by the bioweapons facility, which just so happens to be near a wet market, which is where they were selling fresh food, so to speak, live animals. When the story first came out, I went on the Wuhan website. Nobody was going on it. Nobody was, they were, it was just like, where did it come from? We were still, they didn't even really know whether COVID-19 was here in the United States. Uh, I remember when the original virus came out and I researched it, it was called SARS-COVID-19. SARS is a coronavirus. Coronaviruses transfer easily between pets, animals, and human beings, and Wuhan was studying it. So I went on the Wuhan website. You can do this. I made an account, and I wanted to research. I, I acted basically as a biology researcher here in the United States, and I wanted to access all files related to coronaviruses. So I did so. Nobody did this. It shocked me. I said, where's the reports? What, what were they researching? Nobody had an answer. I called around to a number of news stations. Oh, we haven't even looked at that. We don't even know what we're looking at. I said, fine, I'll do it myself. So I pulled these papers out of their computer. You can do this. You can still do this, by the way. Now it's heavily restricted. You're not going to be able to get what I got out of it. They were researching coronaviruses. I think they were doing it two ways, to find a cure to a very potentially lethal disease, a coronavirus which can transfer between animals and people and thereby, thereby expand cover the world, and potentially could kill millions of people. But you know that there was a bioweapons lab there too. I took all of their papers and I downloaded it. And I put it on Facebook. I said, here's all the research. This is what they were doing. This is what they were churning. I put it on the Liberty Never Sleeps account and I put it on my personal account. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm not a biology expert. But it looks to me like they were researching SARS. And coronaviruses, it doesn't take much of a genius intellect to realize maybe something got out. Maybe accidentally, intentionally, I don't care. You decide. It's up for you. It's up for investigators at the WHO and the CDC to decide whether it happened or not. But I pulled it up and I posted it. Nobody paid attention to it. You know why? Because it was in scientific talk. It was a white paper. And you can still get most of these white papers. The, the National Institute of Health has them about research into coronaviruses, researches into SARS. We've been researching coronaviruses for years. That's one of the reasons why we came up with the vaccine so quickly. We knew we knew basically what we were dealing with. They were researching SARS. We had been researching SARS. Nobody paid attention to it. Then the story came out about a possibility of a lab leak. And I said, aha. I reported it on this show. I said, aha, Eureka, A, B, C, D, E, E, F. Posted it again, Facebook, my personal Twitter account, things like that. All of my accounts got shut down. And they said, well, you shouldn't be sending out all of this stuff. You shouldn't be telling these because this is, you know, you're accusing China and you're accusing this bio lab of doing illegal research. I said, I didn't, you, I pulled the papers off their computers. Okay, that's what they were researching. They don't deny it. 
What they deny is that they had anything to do with it. It's a coincidence that they happened to be investigating a SARS coronavirus at the same time COVID-19 emerged just meters from their facility. And when they, we saw it all on the news that they were researching it and they were building a hospital. If you remember, they actually built a hospital because they had so many people that had got infected with this thing. And then they realized that's a futile effort. And the virus got out and they didn't tell the world. They didn't tell the world what they were dealing with. They didn't tell the world they were researching it. We posted it first. I'm always ahead of the game. See, this is the problem I have with this whole thing is the secrecy. It's a lethal virus. You got to deal with it. And the only way you deal with it is when people talk openly about it. And somebody might say from the scientific community, oh, I read that paper. This is what it means. This is what it could be. This is what it can't be. This is what it should be. This is what they were researching. This is where they were thinking. This is where they were going. Could it have gotten out? Well, yes, it could have. No, it couldn't have. And everything has been on the batten down low because of the Chinese government saying, we don't want you even looking at this. We don't want you even asking questions. It did not come from us no matter what. How many times have you heard this from a communist republic? How many times have communists lied to the world about mistakes they have made? Should I mention the major one, Chernobyl? God knows what else has been going on and what has been released on our society. There was no telling what could have been out. They don't tell you anything. They're secretive. It's a culture of secrecy. Communist governments are like that. Stalin's Russia was like that. Mao's China hasn't changed a bit. They don't like telling about mistakes because if you call and question the quality of their government or what they're doing, the dangers involved, the risks that are involved, it then it calls into credibility the strength of government. That's why they have said to Olympic athletes who are now traveling into China, you can't even express your own opinions on your own social media accounts while you're here about China. We are not going to allow it. You'll be ejected from the games if you do so. That's like poison to me. I would be immediately on my, we're going about this, right? Okay, what's going on here? Here's a photo of this crap going on. Communist republics deny they're incapable of making a mistake. Now, if they did make a mistake with this COVID-19, they need to fess up. Look, it was a mistake. It's okay. Let's all fix it together. Get all our scientists together. Let's show us your research. Show us what you're doing. They refuse to do that. This is why things go from bad to worse in places like Mao's China and Stalin's Russia. Because the lack of candidity, I guess that's the word, the lack of candor on what they're doing and, and what has gone wrong. The lack of candor in Chernobyl led to more debts than needed to be. The lack of any kind of uh, credibility and accountability for whatever they did is what f- is the Chinese are afraid of. And I don't know what they did. I don't know if it escaped from life. But the fact that we don't know definitively one way or another, that it's a lab leak theory only, indicates that they've been lying. Don't you understand? Look, we didn't even know about Chernobyl until we detected the radiation on radiation sensors in Europe. It had exploded. It had exposed its core to the atmosphere. It poisoned thousands. It may have poisoned millions. We don't know. Still to this day, they are still secretive about what went on in Chernobyl. This is a hallmark of tyrannies. It is a hallmark of communism. And what is going on in social media when we talk about censorship? It's the same thing. We don't want you talking about this, Joe Rogan. We don't want you talking about that. We don't want you talking about this. So if you say something, we're going to censor you. That is the very ideology of Mao's China. It's the very ideology of Stalin's Russia. That's why I'm opposed to it. That's why the framers of our constitution, even though they didn't have communism in their day, they certainly had tyrants. Tyrants, kings and queens used to do the same thing. Don't talk about it. Silence. Throw him in the dungeon for speaking up. Even if he's right, don't do it. We don't want you even talking about the subject at all. It's a hallmark of tyranny. 
and tyrants. So every time government or social media complainers want to censor, shut down free speech, blank out shows, black, that is a sign that they are part of the same mentality. This is why I talk about social media censorship as a form of communism. This is why I talk about freedom of speech so so importantly. So I keep talking about this because the framers of the Constitution recognized that is the big fear, censorship. We can't allow it. We have to expose truth to the light of day. Julian Assange is still sitting in a hole somewhere because he dared to talk about things and expose some of the secrets that states have. You need to be aware of that. When somebody says, no, you can't have a forum anymore, you can't post your ideas, you can't express your opinions freely, that is something to be shunned and feared because it is an operative of the state that is talking to you, whether they know it or not. Let's move on. Let's talk about DC. We'll be right back. So yesterday, we did a story about how people were upset with Joe Biden over the Supreme Court nominee, that he was only limiting his search to black women, right? And I, we talked about racism and the accusation of racism and whatnot. Interestingly enough, as a coincidence, Fox News did a story that polled the people of D.C. about Joe Biden. It was a fluff piece designed to make Joe Biden look good. Remember I told you, don't trust the mass media, don't trust Fox News, don't trust anyone. Don't even trust me. If I say something, go look it up. Trust will get you burned every time. Don't stick your neck out for anyone, don't trust anyone. The only people I trust are family. I'm old school. So they did a poll with the people in D.C. Average citizens walking along the street, phone calls, that kind of thing. I found it fascinating. Do you know why? It said 70% of the people we polled, D.C. residents, Washington, D.C. residents, residents of the District of Columbia, 70% supported Joe Biden in picking a black female. Now, I don't know how it was worded, but don't you think that's odd that 70% of Washington, D.C. was okay with Biden limiting his pick to a black woman, but 70% of the nation just a few days ago from a poll from Rasmussen said they were opposed to Biden limiting it to a black woman. Didn't that, didn't that strike you as odd? I mean, you, I, mean I understand there's just going to be a disparity. But we're talking about black and white disparity, right? 70% for, 70% against. Now you go to a DC where it's 70% against, 70%. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's, what's going on in Washington, DC? Did some research. First of all, you need to know a few things. District of Columbia, 25% of the population of the District of Columbia are directly employed by the federal government. Now, government employees, IRS agents, Treasury employees, District of Columbia employees could be also uh, members of Smithsonian, Congress members, families. They're all living in Washington, 20%. That's a, 20, 25%. That's a lot of people. One in four are directly receiving a check that says Uncle Sam pays you. Of the remaining 75% of, this, of the city residents, When you total it with the 25% federal employees, almost 90% of the residents of District of Columbia are wholly dependent upon the federal government for their income. Now, well, Tom, that's obvious, right? I go, that's obvious. Then I check to look at the demographics. 70% of Washington, D.C. residents are non-white. That's Hispanic, 
African-American, non-Caucasians, okay? 70%. That's a lot. Seven out of 10 people. And 90% of them are dependent upon the federal government. You're probably saying to me, well, I, I figured that out. That's, that's a no-brainer, right? You always do your research. You got to check it. So consider this. We've already talked about this yesterday. That saying that only persons qualify for a job because they're the color of the skin or a gender is a racist statement, right? To say that, well, I'm only going to interview somebody who's black or I'm only going to interview somebody who's female for the job because that's all I'm going to hire. That's illegal in any of the job. There's exceptions made for political appointments. But why is it illegal? Because it's racist. We shun racism. We shun segregation. Well, Washington, D.C., is completely opposite of the country, both in demographics and opinions. What does that suggest to you? I'm not going to tell you. When you consider the demographics, when you consider that all of them are dependent upon the federal government, what does that suggest to you? It's government that's more racist than the American people, doesn't it? It's not the average American that's racist. It's government. That's racist. It's government that has to be watched. It's government that has to be have its course corrected. It's not the people of the United States. I knew that. I knew that driving around the country back in 85. Everywhere I went, didn't matter what the color of their skin was, they treated me as equals. I treated them as the same. Everyone I saw treated each other as equals. Businessmen, lawyers, doctors, car mechanics, waitresses. Everyone was getting along just fine. And that was back in 85. It's not the American people that are racist. It's government. Government is the problem. Government has always been the problem. Ronald Reagan identified it. Government as your solution is a mistake. Government creates problems. That's why they think the rest of America is racist, because they are. They're the ones who identify skin color as being important. They're the ones who say you should hire someone based on skin color. Look at the average application for a federal job. They go by a strict point system. What do you get points for? You get points for having a disability. You get points for having mental illness. You get points for your skin color. Only the federal government could get away with that. You and I couldn't if we ran a business. Not that we would. Not statistically, as I just said. Statistically, it's government is the problem. So that must, that's going to wake up a few bells in you. Now you suddenly get What's going on? Now consider this. The District of Columbia has been banging the drum for statehood. A four-mile square, whatever it is, wants to be their own state. Well, Rhode Island has a state. Okay. But there was a reason why the framers of our Constitution wanted a separate District of Columbia. Because they knew the majority of the people in the District of Columbia are going to be federal employees. They're going to have a very different view of how things should be run than the rest of the country. You don't want the people who are entrusted with your money making the decision on whether they get more. Because that's what you do as a state. You get two senators. You're deciding the size and scope of the federal government. If you really wanted, if the issue was, well, we feel that we're not getting state representation, even though they have a city council, even though they have a mayor, even though that they're the federal employees themselves. If you really felt that, that it was an issue, that they didn't have centers, I can't go to my senator as a resident of District of Columbia and, and complain. I don't have that right, and so therefore I don't have the same rights as every other American. Fine, fold it into the other states. Why don't you just send it back into Maryland? Well, Maryland is already a blue state. Won't make a damn bit of difference, will it? Oh, but they moved it into Virginia. Alexandria County was folded into Virginia. Why can't you do it with the rest of the state? Why can't you do it with the rest of the District of Columbia moving into Maryland? See, it's never about what they tell you. Not the selection of the Supreme Court.
Not the accusations of racism, nor the debate about whether they should have statehood or not. It's never about the truth. If you want a state representation, no problem. We'll just fold it into Maryland. You'll get your two Maryland senators, what you got. Well, you get more representatives because you can now represent from D.C., right? See, you probably knew that. But you hadn't done the research and you didn't know how to elucidate it properly. You knew it in your heart. You knew, because many people I talk to, oh, D.C. is a bad idea. And then you ask them, well, why do you think it's better? Well, framers of the Constitution thought it was a bad idea. So we should, ah. I want to give you the reasons. You're dealing with people who think very differently about government, about the role of race, about the role of what representation means in the United States. And that's what the framers knew, too. That's why they segregated it out. That's why they kept it separate, because they're going to have very different ideas than any other state in the union. They're going to have very different ideas about the role of government. Look, if you work for a trucking company and you sell widgets, let's say, you ship widgets all over. And the government is going to pend legislation about whether the widgets can be shipped somewhere or something that's going to make you a lot of money as a widget shipper, let's say. Naturally, your opinion on whether the legislation are good or not is going to be slanted, isn't it? Isn't it? You're going to think, best legislation at all. It makes it easier for me to ship my widgets everywhere. Everyone else knows that the widgets are dangerous. and doesn't want them shipped everywhere. See what I mean? As I said, 90% of the people in D.C. have some sort of route. In other words, they own a business where their primary clientele are federal employees. They are federal employee themselves. They're on an entitlement of some measure. They're going to have a very different view. Their, their demographics don't match anywhere else in the country. Because of the nature of what they do for a living. They work for government. We're not talking about just any average citizen. We're talking about somebody who's going to decide the role and place of federal government. You want that? A federal employee deciding that? That's like, that's like handing the IRS the keys to the Treasury. You don't do it. That's why we don't have the Department of Justice the same as any other department. That's why it has to be remains exclusive to, of the White House. Because you don't want your Department of Justice politicized for that. That's why we have a separation of powers, for God's sakes. So that no one group of people has complete control. You do this and you're going to create more problems than you're going to solve. You want to go, are you really going to make the issue about state? Fine. Put them in Maryland. That's where it is. The District of Columbia that's left now that you've folded into Alexandria. It was okay to fold it in Alexandria County. You know why? Virginia was a blood red state until that happened. Then they poured in all these federal employees, and it's expanded quite a bit since federal government has grown. Now Virginia is a purple state, almost blue, because of all this. You exclude the District of Columbia from the state of Virginia, those counties, that area, by demographic, you'll find that the state is red, as red as can be. That's why this guy won. That's why Glenn Youngkin won. He managed to convince that bunch in Alexandria, we got a problem. We got a problem with our schools. We got a problem with the role, scope, and power of government. And that is a, a necessary truth that Americans need to learn in every state. It's like that poor woman who lost her kid to an illegal image. She says, I'll never vote for Biden again. It's not Biden. It's the concept and role of government that's the problem. Let's move on. Speaking of, let's talk about Single payer is dying in California, and I'll tell you why. We'll be right back. Why do people want single payer health care? Single-payer health care is government pays for everything and you just go to the doctor wherever you want. Why do, people don't, why do people want it in the first place? Most people don't understand how the free market works, for one. That's one level of it. Most people, the basic need is, I want to be able to go to the doctor and not worry about being able to pay for it. I want to go to any doctor I want. I want the same health care John McCain had 
Nancy Pelosi has, all these people who drink Dayquil and vodka and manage to live to 85. I want, how come they could live so long and I can't? I want it too. I'm tired of paying all these insurance. My insurance bills went up after Obamacare. You told me it would go down, went up. I keep, it's getting unaffordable. It's on care, all this, blah, 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 blah. Me, 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 give me, give me, give me, give me. That's why, really. They want something because they haven't been educated about why things are expensive. Why is healthcare so expensive? Big pharma. I mean, the one that you're siding with on the COVID thing? Yeah, the same one. <laughs> They're gouging. AOC. Oh, why is inflation going up? God, corporations are gouging. Why do you think they're doing that? You've created a system which allows them to do that. That's why, if that's happening, there's a question about whether even that's happening. But, but that's why people want single-payer health care, because health care has gotten hideously expensive. I remember as a kid, I got sick. The doctor would come out with his black bag. Mom would give him a check. I don't know what it was, 25, 50 bucks a day. It was a lot of money in those days. It was like a couple hundred bucks today. But it was affordable. It was something that an average working family could pay. Healthcare. And you do have a right to healthcare. You have a right to the healthcare that you could pay for. That's the way it worked. And what did the doctor do? I, I don't remember. I remember one time I had an upset stomach or something. And the doctor, you know what he prescribed? Cola syrup. Give me a, and I remember the, the stuff that the doctor would give. He'd have it with him. He'd make, he'd mix up his own stuff. Cola syrup is what it, what it was. We didn't have the major pharmaceutical companies we had today. You know, we had the drugstore. Oh, you having trouble sleeping? Take a little bromo seltzer. Or have a glass of 7-Up. That'll calm your nerves. Had lithium in it. That's why. There was lots of preparations that were available. You went to where you went, your local drugstore. And there were all kinds of things on the shelf. This will help you. And it did. It worked. That's why Coca-Cola was so popular. It worked. So that's why people want single pay. They want that, what we had. And the problem was, even back then, some people couldn't pay. The elderly, the indigent. So we tried to help, didn't we? Government tried to help. They created what? Medicare. Because old people were dying in their apartments, old and alone. Sad. Do old and alone people die old and alone today? Oh, you betcha. Do people die in pain today? You betcha. Didn't solve that, did it? So we created Medicare and everybody applauded. Harry Truman got the first card. Lyndon Johnson gave it to me. Harry Truman, Medicare recipient number 001. Look it up. Everyone applauded. Nobody was really asking for it. It was just a benefit. It was something that Lyndon Johnson sold to the American people. You need Medicare. Elderly people shouldn't be left alone. Elderly people shouldn't be eating cans of cat tuna and left to die alone in pain. And everybody agreed. Everybody would agree. Why wouldn't you? So we signed a board with that. And healthcare got expensive. As a matter of fact, you can track the costs of healthcare, the actual cost, the total cost, your deductible, insurance, the taxes we pay. That's always left out in the cost. The taxes that we pay, both you pay and your employer pays. I think it's about 15% between the two of you on every dollar made in the United States goes to Medicare. And you don't get it unless you're 65 if you make it. That's when healthcare got expensive. It's like side by side. You can, you can plot it on a chart if you want to. People have. Just Google it. Because with the associated payments by government, naturally, the providers, doctors, hospitals, surgeons, they all start charging more. They said, oh, government will pay for it? Yeah, it's own money out of pocket. Okay, great. I'll charge you $800. And then government said, oh, wow, we're getting fleeced, so we're going to put limits we're going to put caps. We're going to say, this is what the customary payment is. And we're going to pay no more. So now everybody's paying the customary payment. Healthcare costs went up again. Everyone, boop, boop, boop. And it gradually went up and up. And as we've done more from government, as we put more regulations, healthcare has gotten more and more expensive. Now, suddenly, it's not really affordable to anyone. People are getting $10,000 deductible policies and they're costing $1,200 a month. It's criminal. 
And they, people say, and you see the ads, well, $50 a month, you get a healthcare through healthcare.gov. Yeah, but you know how much you're paying in taxes? You're $30 trillion in debt, fool. You're still paying for it. You just don't feel it as much. So that's why sing, people, want, people want single payer. California said, we're going to do it. We're going to charge everybody what it costs to provide single payer to every citizen of California. Dun, 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 government to the rescue. Then they looked at the costs. Then they looked at the inflation that Biden has brought with all of his handouts. Then they looked at what, what happened to the California economy. You think Exodus is bad now from California. What will happen when all their taxes double? The California assemblywoman who wrote the bill backed the bill out of the California assembly today. She could not get the votes. She was short 50 votes in a legislature where that's a lot. Because no one wanted to sign aboard a plan that they knew would lose their jobs. Which is another issue. You're willing not to lose your job. You'd rather stay as congressman than maybe give a benefit to the, Amer to the people of California. I mean, that's the argument, right? Okay. But why are we in that pickle? Because people demanded things that they thought government can give them. Because... Government for years has been teaching the American people that they can simply empty the treasury, empty the treasury and get a benefit from it without having to pay for it. Yeah, give me this. Give me the free food stamps. Give me this. Now, people are starting to wake up because the massive inflation, which I told you was coming, is here now. And it's only going to get worse. And it's not going to be fixed anytime soon. Build back better or not. We're screwed for at least the next three years. That's how long it would take to even try to correct this course. So people are starting to get a whiff of it. But there's a lot of people that are still on board. Spend, spend, spend. AOC cheering the thing. We can't let them stop the agenda. No matter how many jobs it costs, no matter how many lives it ruins, we're going to help people. Right? It's proving to be a double-edged sword. Teaching people to be stupid is a double-edged sword because now they're starting to get bit back. The people of California and many Americans still want single-payer. They just don't want to pay for it. That's the truth of it. That's the sad fact of it is everyone wants the health care, but nobody wants to pay for it. People want to go in and get that heart surgery anytime they want. They want to be able to eat whatever they want, blow up to two or three hundred pounds, and not suffer the reason. We want to smoke and drink and do all the stuff. Hey, listen, I'd like, I'd like a good drink too. I know at my age, that's not a good idea. I should back down. I should live a more healthy life, lose a few pounds, do more exercise, change my diet. I didn't have to change it much. Most of the stuff coming out of the grocery stores is just poison now. I figured that out pretty quickly. When I started examining, writing it down, what I ate, I go, oh my God. I got to change my habits. Look what's in this stuff. When I started really sitting down and really doing some study and really see what's going on, the, the grocery stores are pumping out trash into our veins and the pharmaceutical companies are cashing in big time because government is funding it all. Why cure a disease when you can make a ton of money simply treating it? Why do you think there's all those diabetes medications now all of a sudden? Why do you think all of a sudden... They're talking about diabetes everywhere because the CDC lowered the guidelines for blood sugar. Why do you have such a high blood sugar? People didn't have a high blood sugar before. They always tested for it. They always were worried about type 1 diabetes is what it's called. Why is it all of a sudden a problem? Why, why do we have those readings? Well, because we're pouring corn syrup and other shit into our products. Everything from tomato sauce to sodas to the obvious things like cakes and, and pastries. You're drinking gallons of the stuff. Why do you think people are blowing up like balloons? You're feeding them oats and hay. You're doing what you do to a cow to blow them up, to slaughter them. And that's what's happening. So that's why I say idiocy is a double-edged sword. Because the, the, the negative effects of this idiocy is now beginning to hit and dawn on people. They're starting to like, hey, realize they're coming out of the ether. Wait a second. 
You mean that $1,500 check you gave me is going to cost me two, $3,000? Oh, wait a minute. I didn't think that was going to happen. Some of us did. Some of us tried to tell you. Some of us are trying to tell you now. It's not Biden. It's the ideology. You can't get free stuff from government. Forget it. It actually costs you more than buying it yourself. That $1,500 check has cost you way more than that. Think about it. What do you make? Average America, what do they make? $50,000 a year? I, I don't know. Fifty-five. I don't know what the specific number. Let's just say for a round, a round figure. $50,000 a year. So two households are, are making $100,000, right? Man and woman. $100,000 a year. Okay. How much did inflation go up? 7%. So what's 7% of $100,000? $7,000. What did you get in a check from government? 3000 4000 right? Maybe more if you got kids. You're bad, you're behind. You paid $7,000 for a short-term loan from the government. You got to pay it back. That's national debt. That's why they want to raise taxes. Well, the rich will pay for it. No, they won't. Go ahead. Elon Musk, you try to bill him. You know what he did? He sold some of his stock, made his prices of his goods more expensive, and you took it in the shorts. That's why you take it in the shorts every day with inflation. You're not going to pay for it. You are. Government is. You are. People are starting to wake up to that. Starting to realize that. Oh, I got a job. I'm now making 15 bucks an hour instead of 750. But everything cost me more. And now I'm doing worse than I was before at 750. When you do the math, you do worse. Like I said, it's a double-edged sword. And that's why the California Assemblywoman pulled her bill. She knows people are waking up. People are smelling the, starting to smell the shit that they've been shoveling for years. I told you that would happen. It happened under Jimmy Carter. The, I'm not a, a psychic or something. I've just experienced. I've seen it all. Okay? It happened. Same thing happened under Carter. A lot of ample money went out on the street. Nixon's price, all that stuff that went on in the 70s. It's the same failed policy back then, and it's the same results. And eventually, and it will happen here, here comes the pain. You're going to get double-digit interest on your home loans. It's coming. With all this free money on the street, you think it's easy to get a home loan now? Sure. Wait until you see what a home loan costs. You think... Homes have gotten more expensive because of the run-up in real estate. Why do you think everyone's buying real estate? Because they know coming up, they're not going to be able to buy it. Wait till you see what happens to your rent when you get double-digit interest rates. It's sad. It really is sad. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at these blue states. And when I see people like, what's his face, complain about a Rite Aid getting right, I go, I'm going to have no sympathy for you. I really don't. You were warned. You've been warned for years about it. You were warned at it, warned it, and warned it. <laughs> to, to, to put it in, in street language. You were told, don't do this. Don't, oh no, Trump's tweets. Oh no, he's a terrible person. He's a racist. He's a Russian spy. Okay. Now your shelves are empty. Now you have people shoving you in front of a subway. And you have to pay through the nose for everything. Enjoy it. You won't vote it for it. And it's astonishing to me how many people put this on Biden. It's not just Biden. Oh, Biden's an incompetent, just like Jimmy Carter was. But it's not him. It's the ideology. It's people like AOC, like Ayanna Presley, like Rashida Tlaib, like Omar. Every one of them. Vote them out. Your life will improve immeasurably. Ask the people of Virginia. Oh, there's some people howling, the left. But you watch. Virginia is going to have a turnaround now that Glenn Youngkin is in there and kicking asses. They're going to audit things. They're going to examine it. And people are going to have to suffer for it. We need to move on. I, I'm over time today. Let's talk a little bit more about government. We'll be right back. When I was a kid, young kid, 
not a teenager yet. I lived in New York. I didn't live in the city city, although some people consider living outside the city is because it's a big area. New York City is the metropolitan area. It's the, the metroplex of New York City. There's all these suburbs. There's a bar, five boroughs, Queens and Bronx. So I know a little bit about urban living. There was a gimmick. Organized crime used to run it. La Cosa Nostra, Mafia, Goodfellas, The Boys, down at the social club. Here's how it worked. They would go in to a business, say, hey, we're John and Joe from the local social club here, and this, this is a bad neighborhood. I know. We, we've been, you know, knocked over the last, you know, two weeks, and there's people come in, and they just rob me, and it's robbing me blind. We can help you with that. We can fix it. We're your friends. We're your buddies. We're your family. How can you do that? Well, we can offer you a service. The cops can't protect you. You know, they're always busy doing something else. Those Irish cops are worthless. Forget it. We'll protect your business. You won't have anybody robbing anymore. Oh, great. That sounds good. Ah, uh, how do I sign up for it? Well, you pay us. Just me and Joe and B. Oh, no, we got to take care of it. We don't write a check. We don't even receipts or anything like that. But you got to pay us. And you say, oh, that's good. Here's a hundred bucks. Is that what it costs you? A hundred bucks a week. Okay, a hundred bucks a week. That's good because they're going to stop robbing for 1500 next week. And the robbery stopped. All of a sudden, just stopped. Like, this is great. Then they come next week. It's 150 a week. Oh, okay. I'll pay. Then one time they come in and business has been bad. And you say, I can't pay this week. You have to. What do you mean I have to? I didn't sign anything. I, I always pay you in cash. Oh, no, you have to. If you don't pay, some unfortunate incident might happen. And if you don't pay, you're going to be sorry. Well, well, I'll take my risks. Somebody, I, the neighborhood's been cleaned up quite a bit. I'm going to, oh, no, you don't understand. It's going to happen to you right now if you don't pay me. Well, what do you mean? Right now. On the table, put the money. And that's what happens. It's called a protection racket. They don't wait for somebody else to rob you. They rob you. That's how it works. They put a gun to your head and say, pay me. If you've ever watched the movie Goodfellas, you know what I'm talking about. Business is bad, time's enough, fuck you, pay me. That's the language they use, fuck you, pay me. Doesn't matter. Gotta pay them. They'll take it out of your hide or they'll take it out of your till, or they'll take it out of you one way or the other. That's how the racket works. And then, of course, if you give them trouble, the price goes up. And then you find out that the two guys that robbed you before these two yahoos showed up was actually part of their family too. How does government work? We'll give you fire. We'll give you police protection. We'll take out your garbage. We'll make sure your water is clean. And guess what? Just pay us. And you go, okay, that sounds good. So you sign up for the service. You say, I'll pay my taxes. But you got to do it in this way. Oh, we have a meeting. We call the legislature. We all sit down and we have a meeting. We talk about it. And then one day the business is bad and inflation goes up and all the things and say, I can't pay my taxes anymore. You got to. And if you don't pay your taxes, we take it out of your checking account because now everything's all electronic. We can do it so easily. All we do is just call the bank and they got to do it too. And if they don't pay the money out of your accounts, they get seized. Uh, well, what am I going to do? It's not my problem. You signed up. Government is a protection racket. And guess what? What's going on in the cities now with the urban crime, with the violence, with the inadequate police and fire department funding and everything that's going on. What, what is really going on? You're not paying anymore. How many people are in the labor force, right? It's like less than half of what it was in the 80s. Honestly, even though the unemployment, the U3 rating is called the unemployment rating, the U6 rating is hideous. If you look at unemployment figures, we used to do it. The U6 rating, it's double, almost treble 
what the U3 is rating. That's the U3 rating is what they say. Oh, the amount of people collecting unemployment. That don't mean shit. What means of significant number is the U6 number and the labor pool number. That's your true unemployment rate. And right now it's hovering at about 20% if you look up the numbers. Nobody's working. So taxes are off. And they're spending just like they did in the 80s and the 90s when taxes were good as a percentage. Our government is huge. Our government is sucking more money as a percentage of the GDP than it ever has. In other words, government is still continuing to grow, but the economy is not growing. Our GDP is not growing as fast. Oh, the overall revenue is pretty good. But the amount of money that the government is taking as a percentage of the money you're earning is reaching critical levels, and they want more. This is what happens with the protection racket. They want more and more and more until you can't pay anymore. We'll get it from the rich guys. Well, we did. And they don't realize that when you suddenly think about it, all the rich guys are the ones running the government protection racket, just like in the old days in the, in the city of New York. The mob was running. They had all the money. It was mobsters who were running everything. Mobsters were in bed with the politicians. So we can't get it from them. Government has become a huge protection racket. And so now things falling into disrepair and you suddenly realizing, hey, they haven't been repairing the bridges. Hey, they're not keeping the streets clean. Hey, they're not protecting me on fires and protecting me on this and protecting me on that anymore. And government is being run by a bunch of Quasimodos and, and they didn't help the people of Afghanistan. We paid all kinds of money to defense industry. And where's that money? If we have all this huge number one defense in the world, why isn't Afghanistan protected? Same thing, isn't it? You didn't pay me. You're not going to get the protection that you want. You want to get the protection? Pay me. It's terrible, isn't it? It's a protection racket, folks. Now, there's ways you can beat it. There's ways you can beat it. You vote for people who want to limit the power of the, of the, of the protection racket. You entrust yourself and your beliefs into what the framers of our government originally thought. They thought government is the problem, really. That's, what gov that's really what they thought. The government is a problem, and so we're going to limit it, the ability to take what's rightfully yours, the stuff that you create, make, and sell to each other. We're just going to take a small percentage, and we're going to be the administrators of it all. And basically, you, if you've got a local community or a local town or a mayor or whatever, you run it the way you want, as long as it doesn't violate the way we run the federal government. That's the way it was for many years in this country. And yeah, there was corruption, and yeah, there was terrible people doing it, but that, that's in any, any government. Any form of economic system has that. There is no economic system which runs on roses and unicorns the way the liberals think. It's become an onerous protection racket. Vote them out. It's, it, it, it's amazing. Look, they are jumping through hoops on this Voting Rights Act, right? They are trying to federalize the election process. Why? Because your vote still counts. Your vote still matters. See, that's the thing people don't realize. If your vote didn't matter anymore, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't care about any election. <laughs> Forget it. And for years, they had it that way. You just simply poured more money into it. It just costs more this year. And that's why everybody was all happy until Trump came along. Because Trump came along and he had his own money. And he didn't need money to get to be the president. He didn't get to be president because he was pals with the, He wasn't a member of the club. He wasn't in that club, was he? Oh, they went to him for money. That's why they let him in the back door, but they didn't let him in the front door. They didn't let him run things. And when he came in and said, I don't need your money. I don't need your family. I'm Donald Trump. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to give the American people what they want, less government. Everyone went nuts. What do you mean the club, ha the club has no power? What do you mean the people that aren't in it get to run it? Oh, no, we can't have that. That's what this is all about. Somebody outside the protection racket says, oh, you don't need to protect pressure. You just, you know what? We can all, we gather together, gang up, and beat up these guys that come around and ask for their money. And that's what he did. He waited for them, Joe and Bob, to arrive at your store and ask for their money. And he waited for them. And then he beat the hell out of them when they showed up. That's what his mean tweets were all about. Nobody got it. No, I did. I, I saw it. I, I laughed my ass off. I said, this is what they deserve. 
Oh, he's a terrible person. Oh, he's a racist. Oh, he's a Russian. No, he's not. He's just beating up the guys coming for their money. And when that happens in the hood, back in the day, all the people who are running the racket get together and wait for the guy showing up, beating them up. And then you never see him again. And that's what they did to Donald Trump. Think about that tonight. We're out of time for today. Take care, folks. Have a good one. I see.